What's going on, Trophy Kids? We've got an awesome one for you. This is, we keep topping it week to week. I think this is one of my favorite podcasts we've done so far. We are breaking down the AFC West. Low-key, one of my favorite divisions in all of football. Uh, very competitive division. We're also recapping some NFL training news and some things that have been going on around the league. This is a great one. Thank you so much for your support. Um, we've got some great more content here coming for you. And we are so, so close to gambling season. So let's go. And welcome to Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is August 6th, and while we are recording this on August 5th, that means we have played a football game. The season is off with a boom. How are we doing today, good sir? I am great. It's like, this is like, as you know, late 20s now that we have entered um, in our lives. This is this is almost like Christmas for us when, when football comes back. Not, not you know, the Hall of Fame game, but like that first Sunday that's coming up in September where we had games. I mean, I swear that is the it is the grown-up version of Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve for me. 100% agree. Dude, I my blood started rushing when I heard the Hard Knocks music <laughs> when they gave the preview. Yeah, it's with the Cowboys and like Hard Knocks is, it's iffy season to season, but just that music. Oh, oh my body. Oh, it's game time. Like we're we're getting ready to roll here soon. Oh, for sure. I'm excited. The news is coming out everywhere too. The pre like you said, the Hall of Fame game, it is what it is. I usually I watch it. I have it on, but I'm not, you know, glued in. Um yeah. but it is interesting. I mean, it's a good it's a good kind of intro to football. You get to see kind of what your depth might look like and things like that. It can get tough, you know, in the fourth quarter when you got dudes who are going to be on probably the waiver wire here very soon. Um but the other thing we got going that you know it's football season, we got camp fights. We got camp fights. We got injuries. We're rolling through it. Chicago, or not Chicago land, Giants land is, I don't know what's going on there. The stories coming out of that fight were hilarious. They've had two retirements since then. Daniel Jones, I guess, was on the bottom. Joe Judge has got them running laps like it's, you know, high school uh, and doing up-downs, even though he's egging this on the whole time. It's absolutely wild in New York. I kind of low-key love it, though. It seems like a nightmare. I 100% love it as, you know, an NFC East team fan. Um, <laughs> so I'd love to see any sort of disaster happen to any sort of rival of my team. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, he had the coaches running. I mean, what is going on? <laughs> and then I don't know if you saw Jason Garrett today, but he he, had, he copped a bit of an attitude in one of his uh, at, at the podium today. You know, he, he wanted everyone to address him as coach. He had like a Deion Sanders type moment. Um, I, I don't know what's going on. It, it, it seems like a bit of a nightmare, and but I mean, I love it. It's Dude, great. It's so funny you mentioned that because I, but for a little bit behind the scenes, listeners, I came on and I told Michael, hey, I got a pet peeve I'm going to mention. Just randomly see what your opinion is. It was Jason Garrett. This whole like coach <laughs> thing, I don't know why, but it like we're all adults in the room. Like, what do you? Why? I'm not calling you coach. I'm not in varsity practice here. Like this. Like, what are we doing? Everybody that's in that room has worked incredibly hard to get where they are, including the reporters. Like. You're, we're also grown adults. We're not children. Like, what is this coach shit? I'm completely with you. We're we're grown adults. They're 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 not our coach. Um, and it, it's not a title like president of the United States. So no, he is Jason Garrett. I don't like turn on the TV and say, oh, well, there's Coach Jason Garrett. I look, I turn on the TV, and I say, oh, it's Jason Garrett. Yeah, like what is this shit? You don't he's go. Not a, he's not even a head coach. No, yeah, exactly. He's not a head coach. You don't go around your business. And go, what's up, CEO? Like, no, you say like, oh, hi, Jason, or whoever it is. You put a little respect on it, but like, it's insane. We're all adults here. We're not children. It dry. It, I don't know why, but that is a bit of a pet peeve when coaches fucking lose it on reporters for that. As well as like, it's a show respect. Show the reporters some respect. That's a cutthroat business themselves. They work their asses off to get there. Like. 
calling you by your first name is almost somewhat respectful there. I, I, I shouldn't say almost. It is a level of respect. It's a mutual thing. Like, we're all here on the same playing field. Yes, Absolutely insane. The other thing that sort of grinded my gears, it's slightly off topic. It, it triggered me because it went against my team. Fucking Bleacher Report's Gridiron. I sent this out in one of my group texts. I don't know if I did it in the one that you're in, but they tweeted yesterday, like, name a better trio, and it was a picture of the Bengals. And I was like, first of all, they're not even, I don't even think they're the best in their division, never mind the NFL. I'm sorry, you forgetting about the Buccaneers downtown? You got Mike Evans, who's insane. You got a Hall of Famer in AB and Chris Godwin. Like, <laughs> what are we talking about? One of those players hasn't even stepped on the field yet. And we're talking about they're, the like, the best trio, like, name a better. I could name, oh, like, three so off the bat. Jamar, it's Jamar Boyd and Higgins? Yes. They're, like, name a better trio. <laughs> I mean, are we including? I mean, if you include some tight ends in the league, I can name a bunch of better trees. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, who, who's running the social account right now at Bleacher Report? Um, that's weird. I mean, shit. I mean, for, I could almost name. You could add a fourth to the Buccaneers. You want to add Gronk? I mean, yeah. <laughs> in their division. Yeah, that's silly. Silly as could be. <laughs> I was like. They're not even close to the best. Um, like, don't get me wrong, yeah. there's a ton of potential there to be the best, but, like, For we, sure. we got rosters with, like, multiple Hall of Famers on them in the passing game. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah, that's bizarre. That's funny. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, so that was an interesting part. Um, I had one other thing from Camp News. Oh, the Colts. This is our disclaimer as to why, when we're doing these breakdowns, why we say these are all, you know, we'll, we'll revisit them right before kickoff. Injuries can happen. They've got a weird foot thing going on up there. Not the Rex Ryan type. Um, I don't know what is happening. I guess Nelson's was something that he's been dealing with like his whole life. Like it was a precondition type of thing with his foot. Carson gets his hurt. The Colts season is it's in a tough spot right now because you lose arguably the best offensive lineman in the NFL, regardless of position. Um, like yeah. he's up there in the conversation. There might be you know somebody at a position you could I could hear the argument for better, but he's right there with them. Um, as arguably the best offensive line in the country. And then you lose your quarterback, who, while, yes, Carson Wentz, as we talked about when we did the breakdown, isn't an elite quarterback, but he was the one who gave your football team the best chance, especially with Frank Wright. You're now with Jacob Eason. Phillip Rivers is out here, not turning down retirement. There's chatter that, you know, well, not... The internet is clamoring for uh, a Gardner Minshew trade. Colts are in a tough spot. I don't know what they're going to do there. Yeah, they're definitely in a tough spot. Like you said, that's why we uh, we're not firm on our predictions. Anything can happen, and, and you know, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor. I don't really know anything, but it, it always seems like injuries to the to, to the feet, like your actual foot, they're never really good. They they linger, and and I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you're directly on the the ground with your feet there. But yeah, they, yeah. That, I'd be a little worried about a, a foot injury, especially for a lineman, because the amount of force they generate down towards the feet and ground is a ton. Um, and a quarterback, too, and planting and stuff. Yeah, feet but are the never... the way Wentz plays, yeah, yeah. It'll affect him, yeah. It's it's never a good sign when you have that. Um, but I don't know what they'll do. I don't hate the Gardner Menchu move. You know, I love Phillip Rivers. I think it's hilarious anytime we can get him in the league. Um, and his shot put throw at this point, but <laughs> that would be an interesting move to say the least. Um, also hilarious quarter- quarterbacks, Jameis Winston and that pad drill. I was oh. <laughs> that might be one of the funniest things I have seen in a long time. It's something you'd see straight out of a comedy film. Uh, it, it really is. It, it's uh... <laughs> do 
Dude, we got two videos from him this week. One where he's talking like a CEO, and the second, and you're like, who is this Jameis? And then the second is like, oh, the pads are fucking off. That's the Jameis I know. The pure com- comic cult. And I can enjoy it now that he's off the box. I'm like, this is fantastic as an opposing team. <laughs> It's crazy. Like it's something you would have seen out of like like the longest yard or something. Just like yes. the goofy guy who doesn't belong on the team going last in the drill and getting tossed around from the, the bags or whatever the hell he's running into. Yeah. Meanwhile, that he's a so Heisman Heimish, uh, Heisman Trophy winner in a first pick in the NFL draft at one point in time. But yeah, that, that's him. Um, the last thing of note. I, this was another short of pet peeve. Can we? Can reporters chill the fuck out with these videos and like claiming things that are happening in practice? I saw a tweet today where somebody said Trey Lance did something he's never seen an NFL quarterback do, throwing wise, ever. You're telling me in the history of the NFL, Trey Lance did something that not a single quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, like the great ones that have come through the NFL, he did something on the football field you've never seen? Like, can we calm down on the hype here? I'm sure it was great. I'm sure he had a phenomenal pass. But some of the reports that come out of training camp are just absolutely insane. It's definitely exaggeration season um, with training camp and just you know, a lot of the time, I, mean, I remember like four years ago when Terrell Pryor came to Washington. I mean, they were they were hyping him up like he was going to have 2,000 yards. Well, he was going against safeties, one-on-one against safeties. He would always mat, he'd line up against them. And then you go one-on-one against people that just you know, weren't going to make it. So yep. there's just – there's like 100 guys out there right now. Some of them, while they're all very good, some are not nearly as good as the others. Nope, not when we get to the NFL level. Like To get on the field, you are good. But there is a distinct difference. Um, yes. Just look at the Texans versus, you know, the 49ers. Just in talent alone of players who make an NFL roster. Um, now apply that to a practice squad. So, yeah, it is – I don't know. I just – I it's funny to me because then you, you think back, like, this is why fans lose their shit on guys when they don't perform as well because it's like we the hype trains get so far out of the station before we've even played a down of meaningful football. And then we're sitting back here wondering why these guys don't pan out in, like, the first year and people are down their throats. Like, well, maybe this has something to do with it. Just a thought. Exactly. <laughs> yep. All right. Now let's get our own hype train rolling with the AFC West. <laughs> um, we are going to break down the AFC West today. One of the better divisions. I'm not going to say the best division in football, but there is, when you look at these teams and the talent that are on these rosters, there's some very good talent. Uh, we're going to start with the worst, I would say, in the division, and that is the Oakland Raiders. They were 8-8 eight and eight last year. Their win total is sitting at 7 in the history of the Raiders organization, there have only been four coaches who have made it to their fourth season. John Madden, Tom Flores, Art Shell, John Gruden Part 1, and John Gruden Part 2. So John Gruden Part 2 is getting into some interesting company. The fun part, though, is out of those four, including himself the first time around, he has a losing record while the rest had a winning record through their four years. Where do we see this team initially, and uh, how are we feeling about the Oakland Raiders? Vegas Raiders. That's okay. Shit, that's my bad. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Completely understand. Always. But um, yeah. But um, this team, they're they're very they're very meh to me. Very meh. The roster in general, it's just like okay. I mean, they have some really nice pieces that I like a lot. I'm a huge Darren Waller guy. He's yes, a sir. top three tight end in the NFL. He is a stud. Big fan of Josh Jacobs. I think Henry Ruggs has the potential to, to definitely improve on last year. Um. I think as funny as it sounds, they're, they're going to miss players like Nelson Aguilar. Um, yeah. And then it, it's what's going on with uh, Derek Carr. It's just, it's kind of strange. It, it, this is, 
this isn't the last year of his contract, but next year is the last year of his contract. And it almost seems like they're kind of, to me, it almost feels like with the moves they made, which weren't many, their draft was a eh, typical Raiders draft. Um, it almost seems like what they're doing with Carr is like letting him go, like letting him just go out there and go into his lame duck year next year in his contract. I think deep down, they probably want to get out of the Derek Carr business and they're kind of just going to, let it run its course this season. I don't think that they're going to be a great team. Um, they were a below average defense last year. They, you know, they have, some, they did get um, Yannick Ngakwe, which is a good signing. They have Jonathan Abrams, who, you know, other than being the most annoying person I've ever seen on hard knocks in my life is actually a pretty good player. Uh, <laughs> and their offensive line is below average. So uh, I don't like the Raiders this year. I, I think they want to get out of Derek Carr business. I remember like months ago, Derek Carr, maybe been like a month ago, Derek Carr said he would, he'd only play in Las Vegas. And I think he's going to have a big decision to make pretty soon because I don't think his future is in Las Vegas. So seven in a 17 game season, I'm kind of leaning towards the under. I think there's six to seven win team. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm not high on the Raiders this year. I think that's a a very solid observation on getting out of the Derek Carr because they took what has been one of their strengths the last couple of seasons, that offensive line, and they took them to the chop shop, and they got rid of some guys <laughs> who played some very valuable football for them and didn't really replace them. And they're leaning on guys like Richie Incognito, who has been a good offensive lineman, but he's 38, and he's coming off, yeah. what, like an Achilles tear last year? Like, who knows what value you're going to get there. Um and they got rid of a bunch of guys from last season. Derek Carr is an interesting one because at times yeah. he shows flashes of being good. And then at other times you're like, who the fuck is this guy playing in the National Football League? Um, he does have Darren Waller, who is phenomenal. The world got introduced him to him on Hard Knocks. Um, I mean, you're right. I would say he's top three easily, which also, by the way, it's sort of like a side topic. I saw Kelsey got a 99 rating. Deserving. I kind of like Kittle more than Kelsey, though. He does more things. I thought he was more deserving than 99. That might be different, but that's where I was on that one. Um, not to say they both could be 99s. Slightly off yeah. topic. I would say they're both. I'm not saying one should be and one shouldn't be. I just like, I didn't like they gave it to him and kind of left Kittle out of there. Um, yeah, this and the defense is, it, it is a very met team. They play a hard schedule, too. They have 13 games against teams with a win total at sitting at least eight going into the season. So teams that are about average or above average, um, they are going to play. They did go out and sign Quentin Jefferson, who has been in the top 10 of ESPN's pass rush win rate to help kind of bolster that defense. But yeah, it's like Max Crosby's really good. Jefferson should be good. I don't know where a ton of the production value comes from. And then you look at that secondary. They have ranked from 2017, they were 31st in pass defense, 32nd in 2018, 31st in 2019, and 26th last year. And you go, did they really improve it all that much? No, not really. Yes. So I don't, I don't really see where this team, they didn't. I think you're right. Henry Rugg should improve this season. God would hope so because they, you know, they dropped a lot of balls um, last year in in Oakland, or not Oakland in Vegas. Um, but yeah, it's just I just look at this team, especially in their division and the guys they got to play, and you're just I'm thinking like I don't, I don't think I see seven wins. I mean maybe because it's a 17 week schedule with injuries. Who knows? But it's a very blah team. And they yeah, start out kind of really hard. Blah. They get Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Miami, 
Chargers, Chicago, Denver. Those are, for the most part, very good defenses. Like, they don't have a lot of room to figure it out on offense, um, especially when you go against Baltimore, who have probably the best lockdown covers or corners duo in the league. And then you get Pittsburgh with that line and the ability to get pass rush. You get the Chargers, who we'll talk about here in a second, the Bears and Denver. I mean, they start out tough, so it's it, it's hard to scrape, I think, more than seven wins together. Yep, completely agree. And, you know, like you said, Carr looks great sometimes, looks poor sometimes. Um, he's 30 years old now. He is who he is. I don't think he's going to get any better. Um, generally, it's kind of weird. Some quarterbacks, are, he, he reminds me a lot kind of in ways of, like, old Andy Dalton. Yeah. Um, and it's weird. Sometimes quarterbacks like that, they really just kind of, like, they really just kind of fall off. I could, I, you know, I'm not hoping that happens to Derek Carr, but I could see him following that kind of trajectory. Yeah, they. I think that's a very fair comparison. They're sort of like they are what you put around them. Like mm-hmm. you, you support them and put around a lot of good weapons. Yeah, they're not gonna, they're not gonna be the worst quarterback out there, and they're gonna be good enough to, you know, compete um, at a high level. But, you know, Carr is not very good on the move. He needs a lot of time. He doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. He's just very. Yeah. It's very blah. That's a very fair word. Like I just, yeah. it's very fair. It's very like blah. That's why I did them first because I was like, this team I don't love talking about. I think they're in for a tough spot with the Gruden contract. That's ten years, hundred million dollars because, like, Gruden has shown that he is not the best shopper. He can cook a fine meal if you get him all the ingredients, but he's not great at shopping for him. It was the same thing yeah. in the Bucks. Like he stepped into a loaded team that Tony Dungy helped build, and then it fell apart after that. So that's yep. sort of what's happening in Vegas right now. Again, it's just, you know, time is a flat circle. We're just repeating the same thing here in, in uh, Vegas. Sounds right to me. Yep. Perfect. All right. I feel like that did that justice. Let's talk about the Denver Broncos. Cause the Denver Broncos are a team. That, damn should be really good, but are held back by a very key piece. In my opinion, um, they were five and 11 last year. I think they were better than the record showed. Um, they're plus 500 to win the division. Their win total sits at 8.5. They were not a terrible team for betting. I mean, they're about middle of the road. They 8 and 7 against the spread. They were 3 and 4 at home against the spread, 5 and 3 away at, against the spread. What are your initial thoughts of the Broncos and kind of where their season's headed? Yeah, this was a team I was like really excited to kind of get to look into because they've received a lot of offseason hype and. I haven't been fully kind of in tune with why. And then I went and kind of looked at them and I'm like, shit, this roster's pretty nice. I actually really like this team. Yeah. Um, you know, you're on offense, they have a lot of talent. They got Jerry Judy, uh, Cortland Sutton's coming back. Noah Fonts had put together two very solid years. I think he'll continue to improve. Uh, they got Melvin Gordon. Offensive line's a little iffy. Um, obviously, the big question is the quarterback position, which is kind of something that seems to be a recurring theme with Denver um, <laughs> talent everywhere except their quarterback other than you know those Peyton years where he was a stud yep um, but that's my that's a big question here and I am not a believer in either one of the quarterbacks I, I tend to go Teddy a little more but just they have all this for players like Jerry Judy and Cortland, Cortland Sutton, Sutton you need a quarterback that is going to make big time throws that's not scared to you know hurl the ball downfield and i just don't feel like they're getting that um the defense struggled last year but getting von miller is going to be 
getting Von Miller back is going to be huge. Um, the secondary has completely pretty much been rebuilt. They took Ronald Darby from Washington. He played very well last year. Um, they took Kyle Fuller. I think it's kind of funny that Darby, you know, he played with his brother. And now he's playing with his other brother. It's just kind of funny. Um, they brought in Kareem Jackson, played safety, and they also brought in Patrick Sertan II. By the way, Nate, we are getting old. Like, all, like there are so many juniors now, like Vlad Guerrero Jr., <laughs> yeah. Fernando Tatis Jr., Patrick Sertan II. Um, we're going to talk about Asante Samuel Jr. I was say, Asante Samuel it's Jr. Crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. I mean, we are, we're really getting old. Um, so that's kind of crazy. I love this team, but there is not a quarterback. I still think they could like get some W's though. I think they could win nine, maybe even ten. I like the over eight and a half um, quarterback though. It's just it's an issue, dude. It really is. I mean, it's holding them back because this team, you know, when the rumors are out there, you know, Aaron Rodgers might go there. If he had gone there, they're automatic. I think Super Bowl contender potentially. Um, like they get into that category of like. This team is fucking good. It's just, you're right. The quarterback, it's not built for the quarterback they had. Drew Locke won the hearts and minds of so many people when he was singing along to GBZ <laughs> on the sideline. And he has not, he has not lived up to it. He struggles passing the ball down the field. Um, I pulled this from uh, Warren Sharp's book because it, it really stuck out to me because you're right. When you have these wide receivers and these weapons, you really have to be able to push it down the field. In 2020, only 49% of Locke's passes thrown over 15 yards were considered catchable. Of 38 quarterbacks with over 30 attempts over 15 yards, Locke ranked uh, fifth worst. He was ahead of only Dwayne Haskin, Mitchell Trubisky, Carson Wentz, and Sam Darnold. Not a good list of company to be in. <laughs> Not at all. I'm actually shocked that there were four or five worse. That's crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, so this is this is a problem for them. And, you know, people look at the wide receiver room, and Jerry Judy kind of struggled a little bit last year, but he wasn't ready to be a number one guy. Like, that, that no. it was an unfair assumption for him to really kind of excel there. Getting Sutton back is going to be ginormous, I think, for this pass offense. And it's going to be that kind of stamp of, like, if Drew Locke can't get it done, there's no reason really to keep keep on to him because it isn't a lack of weapons thing like the line isn't great but it's good enough his passing weapons and font in the wide receiving core is very much good you know jerry Judy needs to to step up a little bit more in his catchability rate but i think that's going to happen with having another guy to lean on um the offense is yeah it's just it, it goes as far as drew lock takes him the one nice thing i guess is they don't start off with too hard of a schedule. I mean, their first three games are the Giants, Jags, and Jets. So they got some time to figure it out before they have to play the Ravens and Steelers. Um, but there's not a lot of time here. I also don't like Pat Shermer as an offensive coordinator. I don't think he's very good. Um, I don't think he does a lot to make the game easy on Drew Locke. Um, you have a super aggressive quarterback, and he just doesn't seem to do things that kind of make it a little bit easier like when we talk about Andrew Reid every the the word around town always is how easy he makes it for Patrick Mahomes even though he doesn't have to Pat Shermer doesn't really do that I don't feel like for Drew Locke um a lot of times he works almost against him I feel like so the offense is tough the defense though Ronald Darby I think I was gonna ask your opinion I always thought he was a that's a solid ad Kyler Fuller's a solid ad you know you go out and get Patrick Sertain from Alabama who was a great kind of press corner um Denver's going to play, they'll play five games against the seven teams with the worst record from the NFL last year, Jaguars, Jets, Bengals, Eagles, Lions. So they, they have winnable games. I do like the win total, but it's all about the offense. Name of the game. It is. And like, I, 
I, right now, I know the assumption is Drew Locke is going to be starting. I, I just can't see it. I really can't. I know Teddy plays so conservative, and it's actually frustratingly how conservative Teddy plays. But I, I just—I think he'll win you more games than Drew Locke. I, I don't disagree with that take. I, I don't know because he is, you know, kind of their young quarterback, and you have to make a decision oh, yeah. if they've made that decision yet. I think it's for the better that they make it sooner than later here because I agree. I, I like Teddy. I, I wish Teddy all the success in the world. He's shown flashes yeah. where he can be very good, but you're right. He is way too – you have almost polar opposites. You have a super aggressive quarterback who isn't oh, good yeah. enough He's <laughs> for his aggressiveness. He slings it, dude. <laughs> yeah, and you have a super conservative. Maybe he'll help balance them out or something. I don't know. But you got to almost help for that because it is – it's tough without it. Yeah. Um, and the defense, you're, you're right. Getting Von Miller back is going to be huge. They didn't get a lot of pressure last year, but that's what happens when you lose one of the best edge rushers in ever. the game. Yeah, like ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that yeah. is. You, you would you wouldn't be criticizing. You wouldn't be sitting. We wouldn't be sitting here evaluating the Rams and be like, yeah, the defensive line played really bad last year if they had Aaron Donald out. Like it's sort of the same right. thing here. Like you expected Chubbs to shoulder it all. Von Miller was out. I, it's not fair to really hold that defensive line to a higher standard when you have such a dominant player out like that. Yeah. So I think that's immediate. And they went and they stirred up the passing game, which in this division, with the Chargers and Chiefs, which we're about to talk about here, you have to have a good secondary. Because if you do not, they are going to torch your ass. Absolutely. And like you said, just quick thought, um, I do agree that this is kind of almost like a an Aaron Rodgers. I think uh, Aaron Rodgers will be maybe paying attention to this team this season. Yes, I very much think so as well. I think there's a couple, yeah. Yeah, well, I also think this is one of those teams, for Aaron's perspective, I think he sees the same, that what happened with Tom, where, like, Tom got handed the keys, and they were like, don't fuck it up, sort of. Because, like, there are times, I, I remember, um, I was watching, I forget what game it was, it was later in the season, and we had some play call come into Tom, and Tom was like, fuck that, we're not doing that, and he ran to the huddle and called his own thing. You could, you could do that in Denver. Vic Vangio isn't going to be sitting here telling Aaron Rodgers what to do. If Aaron Rodgers wants to do something, he tells the coordinator to shove it. I think he's going to be just fine. And I do think this is a team that things go bad for the Packers. This is a very good landing spot. There's a lot of pieces here to like. Absolutely. All right. We're going to save my low-key, one of my favorite teams ever for last, organizations. Okay. We're going to go with the Chiefs here before we talk about the Chargers. I fucking love the Chargers as an organization. We'll get to that in a minute. But Chiefs, 14-2 and two last season. Their win, so, win total sits at 12.5. They're predicted to win the division, obviously. They were not a good team to bet last year. They were 6-10 and 10 against the spread. They were 5-9 and nine as favorites against the spread. They were 3-5 and five at home against the spread and 3-5 and five on the road. Not a great team to bet, but obviously the second-best team in football last year. Where do you stand on the Chiefs in what pretty much everybody just assumes is going back to the Super Bowl this year? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I lean towards that assumption as well. Um, I think they have a really solid roster. Last year, I will say, even though they did go fourteen and two, like you said, against the spread, they were pretty bad. They seemed a little more, a uh, little more mortal last year as a team. The games were a bit more of a struggle. Mahomes was definitely scrambling around a little bit more, like making more magic happen, pulling wins out of his ass. Um, but they're still, they're a very very solid roster. They pretty much overhauled the entire offensive line, which they kind of needed to do. Yep. Um, the offensive line was it was pretty good during the regular season, but they crumbled and got very injured in the postseason. Um, I mean, in the Super Bowl, I mean, you, obviously, you know, I mean, they got just, I mean, <laughs> Holmes just getting assaulted. Um, 
but you know, th- something about them this year. I, I still think they're gonna be the Chiefs. I like them over the twelve and a half. Um, they brought in Orlando Brown, uh, which was huge. Uh, they brought in Joe Thune. Uh They have the best quarterback, one of the best wide receivers, in my opinion. You just say you think Kittle might be slightly better. I'm I'm more of a Kelsey guy. I mean, just what he has done five seasons in a row as a tight end. I mean, his numbers are insane. It's like 1,100, 1,000, 1,200, 1,300, then 1,400. I don't think I've ever I don't know of any numbers from tight ends that put that's put up five consecutive seasons like that. That's insane to me. Um, so they have him as well. And then they have, in my opinion, the best offensive coach, maybe of all time. So uh, I don't see this team. Their offense is just so good with so much talent, with such good coaching. Their defense is pretty much middle of the pack. I see their offense just pretty much being able to outscore everyone. Um, I see a better season for Clyde Edwards to layer more of an expanded role, but there's one person on this team. I just want to kind of stuff like somewhat of a bold prediction. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but they brought in Jarek McKinnon and he is a small shifty, fast, twitchy running back on an, on an offense. That's already very fast, very like very twitchy type offense with Andy Reed. I think he could get very creative with him. I know he just came from San Francisco with Shanahan and, he didn't do that great, so Shanahan wasn't able to get too creative, but just someone that I'd kind of keep an eye on would be Jarek McKinnon this year. I could see him potentially having a, a pretty big role in the offense. I like that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he fits almost perfectly into the Andy Reid system. <clears throat> and while, yeah, his production wasn't insane with the 49ers, and Kyle Shanahan is an, a great football mind and offense coordinator, Andy Reid, to your point, is probably the best we've ever seen. Like, he just, yeah. what he does offensively is unbelievable you are right though last year they were definitely more mortal i mean they played 14 games last season that were within eight points so that's considered about one score games they were five and one in games that were determined by a field goal or less they were eight and one against against games that were determined by eight points or less so they won the games they only lost one of them the close score game but they played a ton of close score games where when you look back in 2019 that was not the case they were blowing teams out and nobody even looked close they did look a little mortal some of that had to do with the slow starts i mean they were a team to bet against in the first half because they just got off to these slow starts and they'd come out in the second half and they'd beat the living shit out of you um so that that was kind of their mo i'll be interested though to see if you know some of that may have been due to covid and you know you just won the super bowl we see teams regress the right. next year afterwards they just lost there's extra motivation to not get slow starts they have more of an off season I wouldn't necessarily expect that trend to stay this year, which should make them even better. But yeah, they last year they they looked very very much more mortal than they have the year prior. Um, the offensive line's completely revamped. They added more depth. PFF uh, writer Steve Palzalo, sorry if I fucked up your last name there, bud, has them ranked as the seventh best one. They added depth. They got Joe Tooney, which I think was a huge. I mean, he obviously isn't a tackle. They got Orlando Brown, who helps shore up that tackle position, but. Tooney is an insane inside guard. And you get Creed Humphrey out of Oklahoma, who is a very good starter. I mean, he's a four-year starter. Yeah, four-year starter. Um, One of the best offensive linemen in the country in college. He probably will struggle a little bit, you know, to block some guys. But that's about as good of a pick you can make as far as hopefully having a sure thing there. You get Kyle Long out of retirement. At a minimum, he's going to help coach up a lot of these guys. So, yeah, they, they just got better where they needed to get better. And I just don't, I don't see, there's no real hole in this team. That's the problem. Like, you look at this team, there's no real, like, point to this is an issue. Outside of the defense, I guess, 
being a little soft at times, but even that got a little bit better this year. Um, so yeah, I just, I don't, it's hard for me to find, find a hole here. Yeah. I mean, me too. I, it's hard for me to really think of, you know, anyone in the AFC that will, I mean, you know, there are good teams, but that'll really take this team out, you know, Buffalo perhaps. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to jump the gun here and give my Super Bowl prediction, but I wouldn't be surprised to see just a rematch. <laughs> I really wouldn't. I would not if they're both healthy. I mean, that is, you know, when teams go into training camp, every team's holding their breath to get out of training camp injury free. Yeah. I'm to the point where I'm just hoping to get through the season free of injury because, yeah. like, that is, there's almost no stopping. We'll talk about the Bucks later in a couple of weeks. It's the same thing here. I think the Chargers are positioning themselves to be very competitive, which we're going to talk about here in a minute against this team. Like the league is definitely starting to catch up. Like they have to keep their pedal to the metal here. Cause there are some teams that are getting dangerously close. Um, and on defense too, you have Chris Jones. I forgot to even mention him. Oh, I mean, stud. outside of Aaron, Aaron Donald, he might be the best interior guy <laughs> in the league. I mean, he is insane. Oh, we've, man. we've seen games from the chiefs where Chris Jones has been injured and hasn't played. And just the difference on that defense. Oh my God. I mean, it's night and day when Chris Jones is, is out there compared to when he's not. Exactly. So that's a big one. So yeah, I think it's pretty simple. I, their win total 12 and a half is a lot, but it's a little bit of a longer season. I don't know. I don't hate 12 wins. I think it's definitely doable. They have some very tough games, but then they have some cupcake games. Cause they're we're gonna know we're gonna know what this Chiefs look teams look like because they're playing Cleveland, Baltimore, Chargers, obviously Buffalo. They're gonna get the Titans. They're gonna get Green Bay. Yeah, like they're gonna play teams that we're all gonna be talking about. Are they? Can they get knocked off? And we're gonna see what this team looks like. I mean, they get hit in the mouth right away with the Browns. They're no cakewalk. They're the first game, and then they get the Ravens, and then they get the Chargers. So right off the bat, you know, it is it's go season for the the Chiefs. It sure is. All right, let's talk about the Chargers. The Chargers are outside of my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This has been one of my favorite franchises of all time. Like, I love the Martin Schottenheimer teams. Phillip Rivers, fucking love that maniac on the Chargers. LT, uh, Merriman, like, this team, I love them. They could never get over the hurdle. I still have somewhat of an affinity towards them. The colors are cool. I don't like that they're in L.A. I legitimately was mad they left San Diego. Um, But this is one of my favorite non one of my non-teams, I think, in the NFL, just in general. And this is an organization that is getting very good. Yeah, I agree. And I, I you know, when I think about it, I, I kind of agree with you. It's probably just because, you know, they're just, they're an AFC team. They're 2,500 miles away. They're just so, they're good, but they're non-threatening. You play them, you know, our team's playing once every four years. We don't really hate them. They have yeah. nice colors, like you said. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and their old teams were a lot of fun to watch. Um, and I, I think that right now they have a very solid roster. Um, Herbert, you have to hope continues to develop. Or I mean, I mean he played so well last year. He doesn't need to continue to develop. Just yeah. play like that again. I mean, <laughs> they have tons of talent. You know, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Jared Cook. I like as a you know, he's a little older, but he still can play. He's a good replacement for losing Hunter Henry, which is a pretty big loss. Um, he was, plays well when he's on the field. Um, they had a middle of the pack offensive line last year, but they did make some good. They made additions at center. Obviously, they drafted Rashawn Slater, which I think is a good pick. Um, it was a need. Uh, you want to keep, you definitely want to keep Herbert upright. Uh, his health is extremely important. Uh, they lost a good bit on defense. They lost Melvin Ingram and Rashawn Jenkins, but they did bring in Asante Samuel Jr., who I think will play well. I like that pick. 
the Chargers, their their biggest thing, and this was this has been their biggest thing since back when it was Rivers, Ladanian Tomlinson, Vincent Jackson, is health. It's always been that for the, the Chargers, literally for like a dozen years. Um, <laughs> Keenan Allen is always he's always iffy. When he's not hurt, he is an awesome receiver. He is like one of the best possession receivers in the yep. NFL. Um, I don't think he's ever had a catch over like 55 yards. Like he literally is a 12 yard pass catcher. He is a stud, uh, but his health is always a, a bit of a worry. Um, Joey Bosa, obviously his health is a worry. He is a stud when he's not uh, injured. Austin Eckler stud again. Um, he's like a quarterback's best friend, but health. Um, so that's my biggest concern. And it's been my biggest concern with this team since I was, you know, 13 years old the chargers always seem to have health issues um but if this team stays healthy do you have them at nine and a half is that what you're getting yeah i got them at nine and a half i mean that's a really good good number they got there um i see them as a nine ten win team i mean 11 11 seems a little aggressive i think that they have the potential to be in that that range in literally one to two years. I don't know if they're quite ready for that big of a jump. I can't decide on the win total, but I definitely like this team a lot. Yeah. I um I love this team. They're they're getting ready. It, it, new coaching staff is is sort of the big question mark for me. It, health is obviously like they they showed what you want to see in every franchise. They they identified a problem. They have a great young quarterback. They said, you know what, let's go protect this guy. And they went out and made decisions to protect this guy. Um in a great pick in Slater. They need to now invest in a training staff to keep them all healthy <laughs> as best as possible. But, yeah, I think that's that's a fair point. Um, this is a team over the last two seasons that's lost 16 games, though, by one score. Like, this is a team that has been just on the razor's edge of being so much better, which it feels like that's always the case with the Chargers, even back in the day when they were a 10-win team um, and con- considered you know favorites in the AFC. They just couldn't get over the hump. That boiled down a lot to the coaching. I think... I love Anthony Lynn as a coach. I think he's a great coach in getting a team together and coaching people up, but he's not a great game manager. There were so many times last year where I was screaming at my TV, like, why are you not going for it here? He is not good at risk management. You're bringing in Brandon Staley, who's coming over from the Rams. He put together the best defense, I would say, last year in a lot of statistical categories, um, if not one of the best. He's a super innovative coach. You know, he ha- people will go, well, he had Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. It's like, okay, well, he's got Darwin James and Nick Bosa. Now, if they can stay healthy, that's the big question, as you alluded to. They need to stay healthy. They have not been able to keep those guys on the field. And, yes, they're not exactly like those two, but those are two very fucking good football players, um, to say the least. Herbert, I mean... Like you said, there's no. I don't even know what up looks like. He was so good last year. He threw the yeah. most touchdown passes of any rookie in NFL history. He is the fourth rookie quarterback to throw over 4,000 yards. He was insane in downfield passing accuracy, um, 15 yards or greater. He was one of the top ever in the rookies in that far. So, like, it's almost just, you know, make sure he doesn't level off too much or regress in certain areas. But he was so good. Um, this is just a, a very talented, talented roster that if Brandon Staley, who plays very kind of unique defensive football, that's what you're going to need in this conference. 
Like, you're going to need that to compete with the Chiefs. And I think if Brandon Staley can show himself as a good head coach and bring over those philosophies he had for the Rams defense, I think the Chargers, in a year or so, are very much competing with the Chiefs. They might might do it this year, but it's just a big... With a completely new coaching staff, it's hard for me to say they're going to win this division. But at plus 550, if you don't want to bet a favorite, they're not the worst team to bet to win a division, I don't think. It might be worth dabbling. Um, I, I could definitely see them. Yeah, it is risky. I could definitely see them, you know, stealing one from the Chiefs this year. Um, I, yeah, I, I think they have a really good roster. I'm personally happy. You know, I, I brought up how we we only play the Chargers once a year. Where Washington actually does play them, they play them week one. I'm happy, you know, that we at least can. If we're gonna play this team, I would rather play this team week one. Week one's kind of really just like a free for all, especially in the NFL. Yep. Especially you know them coming over West Coast playing a 1 p.m. game, new coaching staff. So I'm glad that we are getting them week one. I think that gives us our best opportunity to beat this team because um, I would not want to see them uh, deep into the season. Yeah, yeah, there. This is a good team. I mean, that plays heavily to your advantage because I mean, as everybody is aware, and if you're not, get out from under the rock. The Washington football team has an insane defensive line. And what we generally see in the NFL, the way training camps are structured nowadays, is offenses struggle to get going early. The offensive line struggles. So that is a, that is a very good point there. Uh, then they get the Cowboys, the Chiefs, Raiders, Browns, uh, Ravens. So, you know, you have the, the OC with quarterback coach over in, um, in Joe Lombardi in New Orleans great tree there. I mean, these guys all come from very good trees. Now, that doesn't guarantee success by any stretch of the imagination. How many Bill Belichick disciples have fallen flat on their faces most recently? Matt Patricia. So, like, just because you come from a good system doesn't mean you're going to have it going, but they got a lot of things. They're not in a rebuild. They got a lot of great players to manage here, and I do think, I mean, this team, like I said last year, they lost a lot of games by one score. You're a little bit more more, uh, aggressive with the great talent you have. This is a damn good fucking football team. They're definitely second in the division, in my opinion. And I do think a year from now, two years, maybe even this year, if they're ahead of schedule, they're competing with the Chiefs. Like the Chiefs have to be they're they're seeing them in their rear mirror approaching, I think. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think their future is extremely bright. The Chiefs, I mean, I know they're gonna have the best player in football for the next probably ten years. He'll probably still be the best player in football. But the Chiefs cannot well, I mean, we've seen it with New England, but they're most likely not going to be able to dominate, you know, for the next 10, 12 years. So you, I exactly. can see the Chargers coming up and definitely uh, definitely giving them some trouble. I mean, as we argue, the Super Bowl is probably the hardest thing in all of sports to win. It is incredibly hard to keep dynasties going. Windows are incredibly short um, yes. in the NFL. Just look at the Jacksonville Jaguars a couple of years ago competing in the AFC Championship and where they are today. Um, that window slammed dead shut very fast. So don't take it for granted, but you look at this division. This is a division that is shaping up to maybe be, you know, in a year or so, the best division in football. You get the If the Broncos get a quarterback, that's a damn fucking good football team. The Chargers coaching staff comes together well, that's a very good football team. And then the Chiefs are, they're off and running. They are, you know, the premier front office, they're the premier coaching staff, they are... They're the new wave team right now, and this is this is shaping up to be an awesome, awesome division. Yes, completely agree. And just not saying it's going to happen, but, man, if Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver next year, this division will be nuts. <laughs> I, I so, like, I'm, I'm trying to, like, speak it into existence almost purely for that fact. Like, this will be the most fun division to watch in all of sports. Maybe I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if 
this is obviously not happening, but yeah. maybe if Rodgers went to Denver, they'd be my number one team in this division. It would, yeah. Oh, yes, easily. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And that's and just think of that. Think of that s- statement for a second, people. Mm-hmm. And they automatically come number one over the Chiefs and a Chargers yeah. team that is loaded. Like it's just this division is so ripe for some awesome football. I I was so happy to break this down. I think it's gonna be a great great division to watch and so many budding superstars. Um, here, the other thing I did forget to say this I, on the Chargers, there's a player defensively that I think will have a breakout year is Kenneth Murray at linebacker court. Didn't have a great rookie season, but the uh, Brandon Staley system, I think, with his athleticism, he's poised to have a big breakout year on your television. And I loved him at Oklahoma, he got sideline to sideline so quickly. I think he's poised to have a very, very good year defensively. So that was I forgot to say that before we, we wrap this up, that I, he's my, my watch-out player defensively because um, with this system, I think he can excel very well. All right. Any other final thoughts before we wrap this up? Nothing really. That's just, yeah, just exciting division. Yep, and we got football tonight while well, you're listening to this on Friday, so we will have had football. Um, Cowboy Stars didn't really travel from what I saw, but we'll get a look at the Steelers. Folks, we're getting there. We're getting closer and closer to the line. I cannot wait. (laughs) Can't wait, dude. Can't wait. All right. That'll do us for this week. As always, peace. 